The Shadow Diaries from Studio 71 and Snarled Entertainment. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. Okay. I'm gonna do it. Wait! What? We're running out of time. Unless you have another idea? Go on. Do it. I, I just found her. She's safe with me. Just found her? <laughs> She's been missing for hours, and we've been texting and calling your phone. Uh, it, it was dead. Where are you, Shayna? We're on the road. She was walking along the highway, wa- wanted to clear her head before the show. Okay. How does she look? Uh, dehydrated. And pale. You know, she's been looking a little under the weather. Bring her straight to us. Dr. Summers will be here to take care of her. I slowly lowered the phone from my ear. I tried my best to cover it, but Marilyn sounded like she was definitely on to me. And her last words had Eliza spooked. Dr. Summers will be here to take care of her. The reaction on her face was a mixture of loathing, disgust, and anger. It broke my heart. Though, on the bright side, It was better than if she'd looked completely hopeless. I took solace knowing there was still some fight left in her. But the main thing I felt for Eliza was empathy. I'm sorry. For what? That you have to go back to them. That I can't just take you off somewhere safe, just the two of us. I am so sick of feeling sick. But I don't see how this ends. Maybe we should just give up, Shayna. It will end, I promise. How? You heard what Virgil said. I am a dead girl walking. Don't talk like that. We're going to figure this out, okay? We just need to buy some time. I can already see the headlines. Pop star overdoses from... Stop it! Fine. You're right. You know what? I have a better idea. Let's just murder the bitch. What? Solves all our problems, according to Virgil. And creates new ones, too, like you getting a death sentence. My life is already a death sentence. Eliza wasn't wrong, which made it painfully hard to figure out how to respond. None of Virgil's solutions seemed feasible or had any immediacy. How could I get Eliza away from her team now? Then, oh my God, it hit me. The answer was right under my nose. I was a journalist. I wrote the news. I could blow the whole thing wide open and force them not to use their powers because they were exposed. I was thinking strangulation, but maybe stabbing would be more efficient. Eliza, Eliza, I think I have a way around this. I'm gonna write a big expose on my blog and the two of us, we take it public, blow this thing wide open, expose them to the whole world with cameras rolling so we're protected. It's the same strategy they use to destroy cults, but we're only gonna have one shot, so we have to do this right. Because once we pull the trigger, nothing is ever going to be the same. What do you think? I'd rather just disappear. You're too big to just disappear, Eliza. Fuck that. When I'm gone, I'll be gone. No one will know where I went or how I went. But you won't see me again. The second I get the chance, I promise you this, Shayna, I'll be a ghost. I get it. Eliza, I hear you. But until that's possible, we need some sort of plan to protect you. Forget it! The minute they catch on, they'll come after you. 
They're probably already spying on your computer. Before you press publish, you'll be dead, and I'll be captive. Innocent people are getting stuck in your situation every day, and we have a chance to be their voice, to stop the cycle. What's the point of any of this if you're going to be locked up for the next 80 years? That's not justice. That's not freedom. That's just moving from one prison to the next. I don't care about freedom anymore. I want revenge. A long silence settled in as I gripped the steering wheel of Virgil's car. This was by far the boldest, the craziest thing I had ever done. The thought crept in of taking me out Eliza had offered. Then Eliza looked back at me, her eyes wide. She smiled. Okay, fine, crazy. We'll do it your way. Then all at once, my doubts faded into thin air. Just like that, I knew I was here for a reason. I had to save her. As we made our way back to the Austin city limits, we passed a billboard for a Tex-Mex joint called Chewy's, and Eliza suddenly asked if we could make a quick pit stop there. I checked the clock. Eliza's show was in less than two hours, and the last thing I wanted was for Marilyn to become even more suspicious than she already was. I knew Eliza was likely just buying herself another few minutes of freedom before returning to the custody of Marilyn and whatever treatment Dr. Summers was cooking up before her show. It felt like a last meal before driving her back to prison. I couldn't deny her that, so... We went to Chewy's. It was one of the best meals of my life. Hearing Eliza's laugh and seeing her smile like I hadn't since the beginning of the tour, that was pure magic. It was like she forgot about everything. The mounting chaos, sickness and tragedies over the tour, even the terror of what we had just been through with Virgil. All of the doom and gloom went away, and for just a little while, she was herself. I wished we could have stayed in that moment forever. And I know Eliza did too. But like the saying goes, all good things must come to an end. We got back to the hotel and I walked Eliza back to her room, playing my role of responsible adult for what I hoped would be the last time before I published my article. Amid the handoff, I could see Dr. Summers setting up for a serious-looking treatment in the living room. Cooper glared at me as he took Eliza inside. Marilyn closed the door and took me aside in the hallway. Look, I don't mean to accuse you of anything, Shayna, but this thing between you and Eliza is getting a little uncomfortable for us. It's one thing for you to be a friend to her. It's another for her to use you as her enabler behind our backs. I spoke to Chuck, and we think you should concentrate on finishing the story on your own and head home before the next stop. If we need you, we'll give you a buzz, okay? In separating me from Eliza, Marilyn easily could have triggered me to adopt Eliza's strategy of slashing her throat right there in the hallway. Nonetheless, I managed to keep my happy face on until the door closed. Little did Marilyn know, she had just thrown fuel on the fire of my plan to bring her and her entire death cult to their knees. As I set off to compile my notes into the makings of an outline, the biggest conundrum I was facing was providing hard evidence. I had theories through the roof, some more convincing than others. But taking a step back, looking at this thing objectively, I knew it was going to sound crazy, for lack of a better word. 
I was resting my argument Eliza's future on millions of readers suddenly subscribing to the idea that a secret underground society of the occult was an actual thing. I paused. How could I put forward a winning argument that wasn't rooted in reality? With Virgil missing and no leads on recent hex incidents, all I had was fables from the past. I mean, the last legit case of demonic possession that was taken to trial was in the 6th century when witches were burnt at the stake. It seemed laughable. But Eliza was counting on me, so I kept plugging away at the outline until it was time to leave for the show. That night, we all met in the lobby before caravanning over to Eliza's show. I noticed the roadies all huddled in a circle. As I approached the huddle, I saw they were holding shots of whiskey, about to make a toast. To Trevor. This one's for you, bud. They knocked glasses and took back the shots. Weird, I thought. Trevor was the last name I expected to hear coming out of someone's mouth on this tour. I grabbed my bottled water and made a belated toast to the group. To Trevor. Um, not really cool to do a fake toast, Shanna. Oh, uh, sorry. I'll butt out. I obviously don't even know the guy. I wouldn't be so sure about that. Really? I mean, I don't think I do. Care to elaborate? We all signed NDAs, and they definitely don't want us talking to you. You're the journalist. You figure it out. The roadies dispersed and filed onto the bus. I jumped on after them, feeling totally out of the loop. NDAs? For what? The only Trevor I knew was the stalker, who presumably killed Eliza's cat and later died during the filming of her music video. Why would they be toasting him? My head spun with theories, and the worst of them kept leading me back to Eliza. Had she misled me about who Trevor really was? It made me uneasy as hell. If we were going to be in this together, I needed to know everything, and I needed to hear it from her personally. At the venue, I stood off stage as Eliza put on another hell of a show. No pun intended. The crowds had gotten increasingly unruly the last couple of weeks, and now it was fully expected that pockets of violence and mayhem would ensue, with the urge challenge as the excuse. But after everything Virgil had laid bare for us the night before, I saw it all through a new lens. What I was witnessing was the proliferation of pure evil through Eliza's songs. But watching her perform had lost all its magic for me. The lights, the visuals, the sound, the stardom. It had gone from fantasy to terrifying reality. Knowing it was all lies. That Eliza was just a vessel, a face for others to capitalize on. The way I saw it now, she was nothing more than a dancing monkey. I looked out at the screaming fans. In a way, they were just as complicit only unknowingly. I wondered if they would still indulge the same way if they had seen a tiny fraction of the suffering she had been through to create this moment for them. Tears filled my eyes as it sank in for me. I'll never be able to listen to Eliza Gold's music again. Some guy bumped into me, as guys at these venues always seem to do, jumping, raising their fists in the air, raging to the music. Inspired, ain't she? glanced to the man as my blood ran cold. It was the same sleeveless shirt-wearing hillbilly who killed Sam and did God knows what to Virgil at the bar. 
Jesus, how did he get backstage? I turned away quickly, praying I hadn't been exposed. What the hell was he doing here? Who was he with? I glanced back around to see three more lookalikes, all jumping up and down aggressively to the music, eyes glazed. I could just make out the white text on their black trucker hats that read, Make music great again. Yeah, Liza! Epic show, right? The burly group of 40-something stood out among the otherwise teen and 20-something fans, looking terrifyingly out of place. Then, of course, they hadn't come here as fans, but as disciples. I held my breath as the shocking realization rushed in that I was standing next to cold-blooded killers. My arms started to tingle, pre-panic attack. My heart pounded, my head went light. I was way in over my head. I glanced again at the man who bumped into me just to make sure. Oh God, yep, it was him. He smiled back at me, his silver teeth shining in the strobe light. I was almost too petrified to speak before I was forced to reply. Yeah, epic. He stared at me as if he might recognize me after all. And adrenaline flowing, I ran off. I took an Uber cab back to the hotel, checking the back window the whole ride there. Who were these guys? Why were they backstage? Was I in danger? I had so many questions. I felt unsafe. And my unresolved questions to Eliza weighed heavily on me. I paced back and forth thinking about my next move. I needed to talk to Eliza. I felt like we had to put our plan into action sooner than I expected because what if they were onto us? Our already short window felt even tighter now. Still, I couldn't do this alone. I needed to know the truth about who Trevor really was. Our plan and my safety depended on it. So going against Marilyn's restraining order, I composed a text. Come see me after the show. I sent it to Eliza and waited, wondering if this was all in vain. If she saw the message, would she even remember our plan? What if she was too far gone? Or what if Marilyn had already clamped down, taking control of her phone and deleting unwanted messages? None of it boded well. And as the minutes dragged on into hours, my hopes faded. I sat in a comatose state, too depressed, too exhausted to do anything more, until... I looked through the peephole, and there she was, Eliza. I let her in right away. Shana, we have to be quick. They only let me go to get a snack from downstairs. I'll be quick. Jesus, you look more scared than I am. What's going on? I need you to tell me something. Yeah, anything. Who was Trevor? A, a crazed fan, you know. Do I? Eliza, who was he really? She was shaken, visibly. Emotionally, physically even. She took a seat on the couch and went off in her own head. Sitting there, racking her brain over a simple question. It was like she had forgotten the name and just hearing it now again brought her back to Earth. But in a different way. She looked somehow healthier than before. But something was off in her eyes. Like a switch had turned on. Look, I'm sorry about this week and, and what I must have put you through. But I really need to focus. Do we have to do this right now? Yes, we do. Okay, okay. I don't remember Trevor. I don't know why. I, I just don't. 
Trevor was someone you knew. Someone that was closer to you than you originally let on. So, I need you to remember. There can't be any more secrets. I'm scared too, Eliza. I need to know we can trust each other. Whatever it is, it's okay. But please, for this to work, you need to let me in. Why are you acting like this? I thought you were my friend. I am. <sighs> was this all an act for the story? No, but we're in trouble. And it sounds like Trevor was too. I wasn't gonna let it go. I knew how Eliza manipulated people. So I sat down next to her. She couldn't face me. She turned in the other direction, put her hands on her head. I didn't think it was her fault. At least I didn't want to. I wanted to believe that there was some sort of blockage that made her forget about him entirely. The same way she forgot about the inspiration for her songs or her career before the missing two years. This was the divinity's mind control at work. She was being brainwashed. Finally, she turned to me coldly and said, Trevor was my friend before all of this. Oh. Best friend, I think. I brought him on the road with me. He played guitar. Then one day, everything changed. What happened? He started making up stories. What kind of stories? I mean, <laughs> well, that's what they told me. Who? I made a mistake. He wasn't obsessed or crazy. He was trying to help me. Help you with what, Eliza? I can't do this. It's too intense. Hey, I'm here for you. But we need to know. <laughs> He's dead. They killed him. Oh my god, Trevor. Did he know about the divinity? He was the only person that ever listened to me. He tried to get me to stop. He told me not to do it. I was so blind. Do what, Eliza? They convinced me it was all in my head. So I cut him off and pretended I didn't even know him. They all called him a freak and... And now it's my fault. This hit like a ton of bricks. It was like she'd broken from a spell. And it was disturbing to say the least. A good friend ousted from her life and labeled a stalker when all he wanted to do was keep her safe. The similarities to the role I was playing in her life now were beginning to really scare me. It's okay, Eliza, it's not your fault. You don't get it. I made this happen. My ego, my obsession with being famous, Cooper and his mom, it, it all sounded too good to be true. But Trevor was a real friend. Since before all that. He must have known from the beginning. The beginning of what? My commitment to the divinity. The ceremony. The oath. The whole thing. Tell me about it. Uh, I can't remember the details. I think that's something they do so they don't get caught so your stories can't be used against them. My memory is, is like a dream, pieces that don't exactly fit. Um, maybe I could help jog it. Let's start with the small things. Uh, colors, images, symbols. Uh, there was a waiting room with light blue walls, like the sky. I sat there for a while, I think. Some place called the, the Center for Spiritual Awakening. 
Was there anyone with you? No. Marilyn, Cooper, where were they? I, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Close your eyes. Visualize it. Tell me what you see. Trevor. He was there. What was he like? He was nervous. He was mad. He told me not to do it. I just thought he was jealous of Cooper, of my new life, so I, so I pushed him away. I was enamored with the lights. It was like magical fireflies in the night. God, I was so dumb. He was trying to help. He tried to force me to leave. I, I saw it as a threat that he would ruin this for me. I got mad and, and I told him to never talk to me again. So he ran, but I stayed, staring at the lights. Tell me about them. The room was full of candles and, and crystals. The lights, they were refracting, red, blue, pink, orange, yellow, green, all flickering. They lit up the room. Who else was in the room? What did they do? I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. They, they were all wearing masks or something. Then what happened? The ceremony began. It was disorienting. I remember a, a chanting. In, in Latin or some sort of holy language, it became louder. I, I felt like I was floating. Light as a feather. It was ecstasy. Then I was blindfolded, put on my hands and knees. I, I felt a cold, hard shimmer pressed against my body. A rock, a, a stone, or a crystal. My heart pounded. Then it started eating at me. It was what? Eating at my heart with its hollow eyes and mouth like a black hole, sucking the life from my soul. I, I couldn't stop it. I was paralyzed. I couldn't breathe. I... I was singing, get off me, get off, get Eliza started hitting my chest and grabbing my shirt, screaming, trying to fight off whatever demons were holding her down. She nearly got me in the face until I was able to rein her in. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Everything is going to be okay. I got you now. But even as I said this, I had already seriously started to wonder what this meant for our plan and my big expose article. If she could turn on a close friend at any time, how could I have any certainty she wouldn't hang me out to dry when the time came to go public? Eliza rested in my arms for a moment, her head pressed against my shoulder. I knew we wouldn't have long before her team would come looking. Do you think I'm a monster? No. No, Eliza, this... It isn't you. Thank you. Eliza's phone lit up, Marilyn calling. Her body convulsed as she tossed the phone aside and cried until she was calm again. I sat watching her regain her composure, feeling her warmth. Then she pulled back, looked directly into my eye. I looked back at her. We just stared at each other. Nothing was said. A single tear formed in her left eye. As it fell, she pulled back and turned away from me. Everyone I love dies. It doesn't have to be like that. Not with us. But it will! It always will be! I'm gonna leave now. And when I walk through that door, I never want to speak to you again. As Eliza stood to go, 
I didn't know what to say. I had so many feelings, thoughts, mixed emotions. And deep down, I knew she was right. If I stood by her side, I would be putting myself in serious danger. But I couldn't let her go. She'd been a part of me since I was a teenager. Now she was so much more than that. Eliza, I'm not just going to leave you here with these people. Are you crazy? They're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. We have a plan. We need to stick to it. I told you I'm going to finish writing this piece, expose them, and get you out of this. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Nothing has changed. And what if it doesn't work, Shayna? What do you mean? Do I have to spell it out for you? It's not like this article is going to be released in the New York Times. You even said it yourself. How do we get people to actually believe that what's happening is real? Because it's the truth. Is it? What proof do we have? I'm known for being a crazy rock star, and the source you have is missing or dead. You think you're going to post a mystical tale of a soul-eating demon, and, and then what? Marilyn, the label, they all just dissolve into thin air? Maybe. Nobody cares. They just want the music and what they need me to be. Just like you. You didn't care about my years as an addict, my abusive boyfriends. You weren't knocking on my door when nobody gave a shit. Why are you acting like this? Like what? Like someone who's honest? Pushing me away. They're going to think you're crazy, and you are crazy for thinking your fucking blog is going to change the world. All it will do is ruin your career or leave you dead like Trevor. Is that what you want? I was speechless, tongue-tied. I felt naive, foolish, if not totally delusional. Eliza was right. Shayna, let's just go then. What? Let's just leave. Get out of town, run away. No. We, we can go to, uh, to Greece. You always said you wanted to go to Greece. I have a cousin that lives in Argos. We can move there and figure it out. It's cheap and- Shayna! It's over. And you won't end this, so... What are you- I'm ending it for you. I'll miss you, Shayna. I really will. She turned around and began speaking into the phone, as my heart sunk to the floor. Marilyn, can you come up to Shayna's room, please? There's a problem. Yeah, I'm here. I sat back down on the couch in silence next to Eliza. I had no words, and she had none for me. I knew she only wanted to protect me, but it still felt like a dagger had been twisted into my chest, like I was being broken up with. I heard footsteps and knew exactly who they belonged to. Eliza, are you okay? Tell me what happened. I'm fine. Shayna, I thought we had an understanding about what your place is on this tour, and it is definitely not in a closed hotel room with my talent. What did she do to you? I can explain. No, you, Eliza, tell me what happened. She's a fraud, Marilyn. What? A sad little fangirl who won the lottery with this assignment. Eliza? She thinks I'm in danger and she wants to save me from this world. Hearing her say those words out loud hurt. The demotion to fangirl pissed me off too, even though I knew she was just doing this to protect me to ensure I would be shipped off miles away back home where presumably I would be safe. Oh, wow. Even more desperate than Trevor. Okay, well, I feel totally violated. All of us do. 
And if you don't leave now, Shayna, I'm gonna call security. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Sorry this happened again, Eliza. It's just showbiz. Why don't you go get ready for the show and I'll take out the proverbial trash. No need. I don't want any trouble. Just let me pack my bag and check out. Bye, Shayna. And that was it. I stuffed my suitcase, went down to the lobby, and checked out of the hotel, attempting not to lose my shit on the way out. I know the connection Eliza and I had was real. Or at least I thought it was. Had I missed something? Was she hiding the side of herself the whole time? Was the divinity a part of her she wanted to keep? Uh, something I had stumbled onto that she pretended to hate but secretly needed? Did she just want to use my sympathy and then spit it out when it got too close? Like Trevor? Was what she said to Marilyn an act? Or did she really think I was a sad little fangirl? I bought a plane ticket back to San Diego, called an Uber to the airport, and drafted a preemptive resignation email to Chuck that would corroborate my story to Marilyn. I was no longer fit to cover the summer tour of Eliza Gold. That I had become too close with my subject and that I hoped he could respect my process as a journalist and my judgment. As the plane took off for San Diego, I thought of what I would say to my dad. Other than leaving Eliza, disappointing him would be the hardest part of leaving my job. But as much as all this hurt, and it hurt bad, I had to breathe a sigh of relief. I felt safe for the first time in days. But the second my phone was connected to Wi-Fi, my relief abruptly ended. Shayna, I overheard Dr. Summers and Marilyn saying something. Something like th things around me are about to really change. Different people, more meds, like, like they're preparing me for something. I'm sorry I had to do what I had to do earlier. I, I'm just, I'm really scared. I don't want to lose you, but I don't know how to keep you in my life. Please don't text me back. I'm erasing this message before they can see it. As I read Eliza's frantic texts, my heart began to race. I started to sweat. Eliza was in trouble and wanted my help, but I was already in the air. I had already asked my dad to meet me at the airport. It was too late. Or was it? All I knew for sure was I would never forgive myself for not trying to stop the evil forces from the final takeover of Eliza Gold. The Shadow Diaries, directed by Kay Asher Levin, written by Kay Asher Levin and Zach Imbrogno. Episodes 2, 5, 8, and 9, co-written by Matt Worley. Produced by Gail Gilman and Kay Asher Levin. Edited by Fitz Harris. Executive Producers, Michael Schreiber, Dave DeVries, Stephen Perlstein, and Gail Gilman. Starring Madeline Petch as Eliza Gold and Kara Hayward as Shayna Secco. Featuring Constant Zimmer as Marilyn Rose, Kay Asher-Levin as Chuck, Markia McCarty as Priya, Clint Howard as Dr. Summers, Lydia Hurst as Christine, Davi Santos as Trevor, Carter Jenkins as Cooper Rose, Gerald Webb as Virgil, co-produced by Andrew Seeley, Josh Falcon, audio engineer, Annalise Nelson, associate producer, Music provided by Gramoscope. Mixing by Peter Lipinski. 
podcast cover art by Dak Schaefer. Script supervisor, Rebecca Samini. Additional featured voices by Zach Imbrogno, Sarah Lukasowicz, Danny Gonzalez, Patrick Hambrick, Danielle Hootmer, Lauren Stevenson, Marina Ashfar, Zach Justice, Brighton Charbino, Saxon Charbino, Jimena Medina, David Warwick, Max Sternbaum, Jack Donnelly, Zeke Thomas, Dustin Moat, Brady Morphy, Sarah Sinsel, Dylan Swimmer, Ella Swimmer, Kira Lukasowicz, and B. Busta.